Hi, this is Joseph Arthur. Thanks for checking out Come to Where I'm From. Please support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash come to where I'm from. We are an independent podcast, and any contributions you can make are greatly appreciated. We're on? Yes. Episode 123, Come to Where I'm From podcast. Our guest is? I'm not going to say the name because I'm going to botch it up again. Christina Hutchinson. <laughs> That's Christina me. Hutchinson. Yeah. Hutch. AKA Hutch. Hutch. Do your yeah. friends call you Hutch? Yep. Hutch. Uh, what a Hutch cool was, nickname. Hutch was a high school nickname. Yeah. I was way less cool than it sounds. Oh, really? Hutch. Yeah, I was a theater nerd. What, uh, before we start, though, do you want a Topo Chico? I feel sure. rude. Sure. What is, what is that? It's just a grapefruit flavor. Oh, yeah. Topo Chico. Sure. <laughs> I would love a Topo Chico. From Mexico. You know this? I did not know that, but thank you very much. It's a great, Cheers. It's a great sparkling water. Cheers. Cheers. Appreciate it. You, you want one? No, I don't do sparkling. Can't. Whoa. I, I've never. Anything fizzy, I can't do. Wow, I've never heard that. But never why? Heard when I was either. a kid, Coke was popular, obviously, and every time I drank it, it would burn my tongue, like the fizziness. Huh. And I used to take the Coke bottles, shake them, open, shake, open, and then drink it. Huh. Yeah. That's wow, unique. Yeah, I can't Very. do anything carbonated. Wow. <laughs> you think you know everything, you know? That's yeah. weird. <laughs> so this is that is, is that what gave you the bug to go into it? Or what, what do you think gave you the bug to go into show business? Um, having parents who didn't pay enough attention to me. <laughs> okay, I got all that going <laughs> on my ding, notes. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Are we going straight to ACOA? Oh, no well, contact uh, with the family? I don't do small targets. Yeah, I'll get into that. Okay. <laughs> You're in a good place for that. He's the same. Um, I, yeah. So, yeah, because you're no contact with them now, huh? Uh, yeah. yeah. Is uh, that right? It is. It is. I, there were some email exchanges that were very friendly. I've been working on myself all quarantine. And I've yeah. been working on realizing what I didn't get that I needed. And then I've now I'm working on not being pissed off about it and just mm-hmm. for, forgiving it. Right. You can just choose to forgive. I didn't realize that. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to yeah. hold on. No, Ho'oponopono is all about that. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. You know that mantra? No, I don't, it's, but that's... It's a stunning mantra for exactly this. Yeah. Because it's for things that in your own self are just unforgivable. Yep. It's for be- deep betrayal. And and it, and if you like practice this mantra, it just releases it. it it's, re, it's wild. Magical. I've been so I've been doing. I've been I've been on so many wormholes over quarantine. Right. Childhood trauma was the first wormhole I really did a deep dive on. Right. And understanding how common it is and and what affects what are the aftermath? What's the aftermath in an adult's life if you've experienced childhood trauma? Mm-hmm. And uh, and now and I've gone into past life regression mm-hmm. and death is not real. That kind of that those wormholes. Now I'm on the wormhole of just positive affirmations, and it's really. I'm effective. on all those wormholes. It's really effective. <laughs> it's so effective. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. What are you? Uh, what are your favorite positive affirmation YouTube clips? Is that what? Is no, it? I just I listen to this author Louise Hay. Louise Hay, okay. She I've heard sounds. Her. She has a warm voice. I need the presence of an older woman that's just purely kind and gentle. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I need to repair myself. Yeah. And uh, she, I listen to her audiobooks. And so I just stare at myself in the mirror when I wake up, and I just say, I approve of myself. That's yeah. it. And honestly, that's done more for me yeah. than years of therapy. It's well because you're reprogramming your subconscious mind. Yes, which is more powerful than your conscious mind. Absolutely, well, hundred percent. Yeah, your Didn't know conscious that mind recently. is like 
you know, like 5%, your subconscious. That's why, that's why the question of is free will real or not is valid because we are basically puppeted by our subconscious mind, but Mm. we can program our subconscious mind with a lot of effort and a lot of subliminal self-help and positive stuff. And if they taught that to us as children in public school, (laughs) we wouldn't be running around storming the Capitol. Like I I really believe that we could uh, feel a greater sense of inner peace. Absolutely. Yeah. We actually, our last guest was, uh, Lisa Romano, have you heard of her from? She does Lisa like, A Romano. Lisa A Romano. <laughs> I mean, you missed. Well, never mind. Yeah, I know. I missed her name. I'm talking. <laughs> I left out a little middle initial, and you're giving me flack. No, but so she, uh, an MPD expert, like narcissistic personality oh. disorder. That's a rabbit hole. Oh, and codependency. Once you deal, realize you were raised by one, you oh. dated one, you were best, and you're like, damn it. Well, I got it, tricked. <laughs> This is like because I went no contact with my family of origin for three years. Ooh, yeah, yeah. it's hard. So you I feel like as soon as I heard you say that on Are You Garbage podcast, what a great podcast, by the way. Such a great, yeah. I, I mean, agree. and also, by the way, a great podcast for other podcasters to get their research <laughs> because <laughs> it's so funny, but they go deep in a great, funny way, and they like actually tell, like, give you very much a lot of the origin story in a very funny fun way yeah there's a lot of heart to that show i love yeah. those guys they great, have a great guys. set yeah i love them shout out are you garbage yes <laughs> <laughs> but uh i forgot exactly you oh. were gonna say no contact oh, so i went no contact and i did and i discovered a lot about my origin through a, a crazy relationship i started googling stuff like what's going on why yeah. do i know why am i a shell of my former <laughs> self great question you know? i wish more people asked themselves that there's, <laughs> right. a lot of, there's a lot of walking shells around oh god ain't that the truth mm-hmm. yeah so that's exciting though that you're doing all this work and it's even i i've like reestablished contact with my mother and father and it's Probably, I, in my view, it's the best we've ever been because I individuated and because now that, that level of dysfunction doesn't really affect, I don't sort of, I don't sort of see it anymore because my boundaries are, I have these things called boundaries, which, which took game a, changer. That's a game changer. <laughs> is a ga- well, and the two, if you have a parent, especially with narcissistic stuff, yeah. if you have a parent that views a boundary as how could dare you hurt me like that, right. you're going to think that that's what a boundary is. And so you're going to be anti-boundaries and then you're going to realize you bent over backwards yeah, for everybody you and you're going to explain explode. boundaries. Right. Well, boundaries what, is what like, is a like I, I'm trying I mean, to wrap my head personal around. boundaries like so if like you say you called me hey Joe uh, can you help me uh, clean out the garage and if you were like this like person who I put all this wild weird in, inappropriate value on or yeah. something even though I'm busy and I have a bunch of other stuff to do I would just go do it because mm-hmm. your view of me is more important than my view of me Right, you put your you put so others your before yourself. Your boundary is I'm going to say no you put, if asked. No, it's not that general. It's just like if you just putting yourself first is like it's a codependency healing thing, or mm-hmm. or Ross Rosenberg calls it self love deficit disorder. 
Jeez, yeah, that's good. That's yeah. a good name for it. Well, what about an example of a boundary is, you know, if you're criticized by your parents all the time and you accept that as okay, a new boundary is, hey, if you're going to just criticize me when we talk, we're yeah. not going to talk. Right. I love you very much, so you have but to I'm not going to put up with that. It. You have to stand up for yeah, yourself. Yeah, you stand okay. up for it's yourself. It's not calling them out because... No. Then you get in the ego thing, right. and it just fucks it all up. And, Narc, curse? and Narc's love, yeah, yeah of yeah. course, yeah, yeah. Narc's love, though there is a child in the room. I know, she has headphones. For she's, shame, she's way cooler she's than we'll through, ever be. Through so. Mark Norman, dude, it's fine. Yeah, she's, <laughs> yeah, she's okay. <laughs> no, that was well said, though. The way you put it was better than my example. Well, I've I've worked a lot on it, and yeah. another a piece of information I heard from Louise Hay who is this just gentlewoman who had a terrible childhood. I mean, truly, it would have it ruined most human beings if mm -hmm. they had the childhood that she had. She said, you know, when your parents play games with you, you should no longer participate in it. If you keep participating in these games that they're playing right. with you, they only they raised you the best they knew how. Exactly. They're not doing this to piss you off. Right. You need to come in and say, hey, that's not how I want to communicate with you. Right. And I'm like, oh, that's a new concept. Champions of my friends. That's the gospel version. <laughs> yeah, that's a great way to put it. That's that is that's the big transformation in my relationship with them. Is I'm just uh, a different. I'm approaching them as a different being. Frankly, yeah. I'm a different. The person. ego's down. You're not, yeah, it, when you come at it from a place of love, which doesn't mean you lose. No. Like the winning and losing thing, you got to throw that away. Well, because also going no contact with a family of origin, it's just, I mean, and for people who just can never go back, God bless you and, uh, you know, but there, it does leave a permanent hole. And you can it's still have It's lonely and sad. Yeah. Because can, I miss them and so much. That, that connection is so intense. Yes. Yeah, but you can rebuild it and repair it. You can. You, you just got to take time for yourself, though. But you have to, like, put it on yourself, too. Like, yeah. you have to, like, kind of take, take responsibility. responsibility for the whole thing, even though you were victimized, even though they were wrong. That's what Ho'oponopono taught me, mm, mm -hmm. that mantra specifically. Yeah. Well, they, but the whole thing is if they victimized you or if they did something terrible to you, they parented you the way that they could in that moment. Right. They didn't do it to make your adulthood hell. Exactly. Which is something I need to keep reminding myself. Well, the best example, one of the best examples of that is the way your mom reacted to the first time you had sex. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, and that's then, an incredible version of what you just said. Yeah. Yeah. Because when you found out about her past right. and how she was scared, it all came out <clears throat> it all came out of love. All her right. reaction that ruined me for a little bit. Right. Ruined me is a little hyperbolic, but uh it really affected me, but now I uh, that that grain of understanding that I got when she came on my podcast, the biggest like 180 it's of all time, incredible, uh, is made me like all of that frustration melt away. So tell the story though, so people know what we're talking sure. about. Sure. So when I was <laughs> don't send them to the other podcast. A who doesn't know <laughs> he he didn't do any research. Uh, <laughs> When I was 16 is when I had my first boyfriend and we I lost my virginity to him. I was out at a restaurant at 16. It was just me, my mother, my brother's girlfriend and my grandmother, my dad's mom, who uh, had recently suffered a stroke. So she was just like had the brain of a kid. And so we were all out to dinner and there was a conversation 
Uh, and my mom at basically asked me if I was still a virgin and I, I didn't want to lie to her. So I said no. And she got up and walked away and my dad had to pick me up and she didn't talk to me for a very long time. And that was it. Like the, I didn't, I didn't talk about it. I didn't know that that was weird. I was sad and upset, but I thought that that, I thought, okay, sex is a bad thing. It makes my family abandon me. Mm-hmm. So then I had her on the podcast that I hid from her for as long as I possibly could until it was guys inevitable. we fucked for guys those, we fucked uh, yeah. I almost called are we fucking no, <laughs> no, are we fucking guys, or what it's guys we fucked that's the upcoming it's like, yeah. are we fucking all the guests we want to <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much every podcast right. uh, so she came on the podcast and ended up telling me that when she was 11, she was like almost six feet tall, thin, blonde hair, blue eye, model looking woman at 11 years old. And she had gotten sexually harassed and assaulted um, a few times. And so when she learned that I was sexually active as a teenager, she was just so terrified that that would happen to me that she collapsed and she couldn't talk to me. Mm. And just having, going, I just, (laughs) we interviewed her when she told me that and I was like, Oh, wow. wow. Doesn't that all make sense now? Okay. And it's understandable. Like, I just, people don't, aren't born with the tools because we don't talk about the tools. Right. And we're all dysfunctional. But like, well, like, you know, Freud says the needs of the child can't possibly be met by the parents. So dysfunction is hardwired into the human condition. For the family, yeah, the family structure. Yeah, it's hardwired in. So we're supposed to be working through dysfunctions on this plane of existence for whatever reason. I agree, and I think that uh, that's the point of living on Earth. Yeah. What do you got to learn? That's what it is. So what do you think it is about podcasting that gets like into deep reveals like that or <laughs> those kind of weird therapeutic reveals? You, when else would you have the conversation? The nature of Guys We Fucked is we wanted to interview the men that we've had sex with, the men that we have been physically the most intimate with other, more than any other human being on this planet. And we would only ever have that conversation if we had a podcast that was themed around that. Right. And we really wanted to have those conversations. We were curious about what you did we get it wrong did they did we have the similar view of how the relationship went and ended and uh it yeah there's certain things where you just kind of make make a podcast for it and you can have an excuse to have that conversation if i were to call the guys that i've slept with and be like hey you want to meet for lunch they'd be like no you weirdo like you're gonna stalk me what's happening so yeah just an excuse what to do have you do these... when you run out of guys and you're <laughs> you x fuck. amount of episodes in she never does no just no kidding. i haven't had sex in a year i'm like right. a born again virgin i'm uh, a born again virgin too i'm over here retaining it's well it's good to uh yeah i've just been doing i'm doing deep dives in i'm here. doing deep dives yeah I'm like you know what i need to work yeah that's good because i feel like it's very rare that men do that and it's nice to hear i'm on a water fast right now in fact water fast yeah what is that like just nothing but water for and Chico clean. Yeah, well, that's his water still. It's true. It's got a little flavor, yeah. but if you look at the thing, zero calories. Oh, that's good. So you just drink water all day? <laughs> well, he's, he's eight days into it. Eight so it's days a, it's into a little it. just, water, just water, not an ounce of food. No food. No, wow. but you're not even hungry after three days. So right. It's Until easy. Until you die. And you're <laughs> yeah. And you're how long do you, do you? That's do what I tell him. When are you gonna and die? When you get body. hungry. You're not hungry yet? Nah. Like wow. your body I'm does. not a hungry person, so maybe no, I No, I'm a starving person. I eat, oh. I eat tons. I love food. But like 
your body does all this internal repair, autophagy and stem cells, and then starts actually rebuilding your organs and crazy shit. It's wow. it's a really amazing thing to do. It's like so rewarding. And then you get into spirit stuff and you're like talking to God and everything. Wow. Yeah, and seeing angels. And <laughs> well, because you're so... <laughs> Don't forget the disclaimer, Joe. I am not but, but a physician. But I am not a physician. <laughs> right. I am not so a medical practitioner. you have not had anything to eat in how many days? Eight days. Wow. Yeah. And you don't have headaches? No, I feel great. I quit coffee on it. I quit nicotine on it. Oh, I stopped I going to things. a kava bar all the time. Okay. I was going to kava all the time. and I was, I was in shots. bad habits. <laughs> yeah. Dope, to, dopamine on dumb things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you reset your dopamine, then you start like achieving your goals by... Dopamine suddenly is like when you're just making a painting or doing something Doing creative. something, yeah, yeah. I Yeah, I'm trying to reset reset that with i got a cup yeah. of caterpillars and i've been watching them they just um turned into butterflies wow and that that's more interesting than any computer any television show i could ever watch like that is just you watch these little tiny little worms mm-hmm. well, not worms caterpillars that's uh, a metaphor for you and me yeah We're exactly turning into butterflies yeah <laughs> cheers, cheers. <laughs> What led you to that? That's awesome. I love butterflies. Uh, my friends, my friend bought her daughter a couple caterpillars, and she put it on Instagram. And I was like, "Where can I get those? Yeah, where do you buy that? Yeah, wow, on the internet." <laughs> and so, what led to this deep dive besides like the obvious stuff, like thing just wanting to die? In, yeah, yeah, not being happy, right? And I love being happy, <laughs> like everybody yeah. else. Yeah, a sad comedian. And also, I'm just not dating. I've never not dated before. I really like this. I like this. I like this time alone. It's very. It's invaluable. I'll. I'll yeah. I'll be thankful that I did this for the rest of my life. Dating yourself. Yep. But like, actually, right. and ha- like a- you can you can actually get to the point, And I swear to God, this is true. As someone who was like boy crazy, uh, person, and always pursuing somebody, or always wanting, you know, being pursued, or just always having something. Uh, it is really, you can get the feelings you get when you're like madly in love with someone with yourself. And I know that sounds nuts, but you really can. <laughs> I feel that lately, like yeah. in the last little bit doing this fast and stuff. Cause I'm so happy that I'm finally not doing bullshit, self-destructive shit. Yeah. It's wonderful. It like makes you like, and it's really easier than people would think to like shift because the thing you don't know when you're locked into your weird self-destructive things is that as soon as you like shift a little bit, there's a momentum automatically behind you of like this pride that kicks so in. So exciting. You're it's like, oh so my God, exciting. I did it. Oh my God, I'm like actually doing this thing that's been like like haunting me forever. I'm I'm finally- you conquered the beast. You, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and then it just feels better and better and better. And then like pretty soon you feel ecstatic about it. Yeah, and your life is consisting of all these simple things and not getting fucked up and- you know, mm-hmm. doing blow until five in the morning and then going home and sleeping. How an long hour. into being alone did that feeling start kicking in? <laughs> Six months. Took a minute. I was very sad for a while. Right. <laughs> what are the things you do in that space that is like leading to more self development? Like, is it meditation, exercise? Meditation is something. Therapy. I've, oh, yeah. All that. All three of those things. Yes. Uh, Meditation, I've I've been wanting to do. I've been beating myself up about doing it for years. I finally, when quarantine started, I've meditated every day in quarantine, sometimes multiple times a day. And that's a good reset. I've been exercising. I rollerblade. I really love rollerblading, and I work out with a trainer. I've been doing that. And um, 
my next for my next trick, I'm gonna try to not eat shit, like not eat junk food. Three day water fast. Yeah, that'll three do days it. I could do. Three days is easy. Well, actually, that's the hard part to be honest. It's right. e- it's easy where I'm at right now, even though that sounds counterintuitive because it seems crazy. Your body gets gets used to it. But yeah, uh, but yeah, it's like that's the best way to reset your diet because. After three days, like a piece of broccoli sounds amazing. Right, right. You get excited <laughs> about a tomato like slice. A, yeah, like an about almond. Water. Are you kidding me? Well, and I, <laughs> I, I got to a point in quarantine where like at night I would make myself a cup of tea. Right. And I would buy a lemon and I would cut it and I would stare at the lemon and I'm like, this is a be- this is a work of art. Right. A lemon is a work of art. Absolutely. And you get to this place where you can really appreciate something that simple that's not really that simple. Right. You, you reset your dopamine levels yeah and then from going towards thinking a a lemon is a work of art uh god questions have to come in there soon do you use prayer as well i guess so yeah yeah Yeah. when i meditate and when i think about what i want in my life and what i want for others yeah yeah Yeah. me too i'm i'm heavy into it i love it especially like it feels good it really does and yeah, that meditation is a complete re like it's just a, such a break. It's like it's a relief more than a discipline. Yes. To yep. get out of just identifying with thought forms all the time. Mm-hmm. And you can always have that that's that quiet place to come back to even if you're out and about going about your day. Yeah. Have you ever had any like guests on the um, guys like how many of them have gotten like super awkward on guys? <laughs> oh, a lot, a lot. Like, have you had ones you expected would be? Oh, this one's gonna be fun, and then it went south. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Like, what, what? We've had a guy. The second ever guest was a guy. His we gave him a fake name, Nico. He was the second guest on the podcast. You fake I, named him Nico? Yeah, he didn't want to. He didn't want to reveal. He wasn't an entertainer. He wasn't in entertainment. Okay. He didn't want to be public at all. Right. But that's the other thing about having it as a podcast. That's the beauty of it. We didn't have video, so you could be anonymous and do a fake name. That that guy, he he's one of those guys where I'll always have chemistry with him. Always, and I didn't see. I hadn't seen him in years, and that episode was the first time I'd saw him in a while. And it, Corinne was like, "Do you want me to leave?" Jesus Christ! Oh, really? Yeah. So that was nice. <laughs> uh, so that's where it went kind of north, not south. No, yeah, that went north. Yeah, that. Yeah. Went south. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm glass half full. Mine never went. Se- oh no! When I had my ex boyfriend on of seven years, uh-huh. while we were dating, we had we had him on, and him and Corinne butted heads, and I was very. Uh, protective of him because I loved him and I didn't ever want to see anything bad about him. Mm. So her, him and Corinne did not get along and they, they butted heads on the podcast and I got so uncomfortable. I just kind of like, looked what at the about, floor. um, he's, he's, <laughs> he's, uh, his character. Mm, well, how do I want to say this? Cause I'm like a new person now and I'm not going to trash talk people, right. but he, I'll give you an example of one of his actions. That's going to be tough on your comedy gig in a way. Oh no. When I do stand up, I'll shit talk you to death. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, that's fun. <laughs> it's for the purposes of comedy. Uh, right. he, he, uh, I know no one, no one acts the best when they get dumped, but he sued me and Corinne for over a hundred thousand dollars after I broke up with him. Uh, so like that'll tell you some that's stuff. Not a you good can make your own conclusions. Because of right. the pod? Because of the pod. Yeah, because he, he wanted like double the pay for everything we already paid for. And he was my boyfriend, so he would do videos for free for us sometimes. He was very, very talented. Uh, Extremely talented. But his attitude, such a bad attitude that 
I think it prevented him from excelling, but he was really good at what he did. Right. So he would do these projects for Crit and I that and at the beginning we, we were broke, so we didn't pay him and he was okay with that or I would say like, we'll pay you when we have money, I'm sorry, you know, that kind of thing. But um, our relationship was really... I really we loved each other a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, so, seven years that's a, a lot. That's yeah. a marriage. Yeah, it felt like it. It felt like it. Yeah. So, but when he su- tried to sue us, I was like, God damn! I'm glad I didn't get married. I would have had to owe him because when I started dating him, I was dirt poor, like very broke. I could right, barely. That's so funny. All my paycheck went to rent, and uh, yeah. and by the time we broke up, I was I. I was able to, you know, yeah, be independent. You, you said on the Bobby Lee podcast that <laughs> I, I've checked some of your podcasts. That's out. great. That's another great. I po- oh my god, him and his girlfriend are they're that's the, the best. best. They're the great. That's they're like, a great couple. They are, and that's a great show. And yeah. your episode was great on. That. Thank I, you. I texted that to Aid. I was like, <laughs> dude, this Bob, this podcast is great. Yeah, I, I like Bobby Lee. Yeah. I yeah. love Bobby Lee. Shout out Bobby Lee. He's so funny. He's funny as hell. Yeah. Oh, because you said on that one that uh, he had even even a problem of you paying for dinner. Yeah. So that's yeah, weird to come mad. and sue you for a hundred G's it? later. That's like, isn't it? Yeah. It, that I, doesn't make no sense. I would agree. <laughs> I'll take that check for the dinner now, please. You know yeah. what? Why didn't you just let me? You should have just think, said, you know what? Why didn't you just let me pay for a couple dinners? Right. Right. Why are you right, doing this? Right. <laughs> yeah. I just I think too though. I didn't know how to set a boundary. That that relationship was very codependent, and I take absolute responsibility for my part in it. You have um, healed. I had no idea. That I that any of the like I just didn't know to stand up for myself. I didn't know how. I didn't know when it was appropriate. I didn't know who where he my, I ended and he began. Right. So we did the best we could. And honestly, when I think back at like the quality of our relationship while we were in it, it was really nice and fun. Yeah, we got along really well. That's cool. Yeah. How old were you then? What I was twenty three oh, when so we started young. dating. This is yeah. a young yeah. relationship. Yeah, I was twenty three and he was thirty. Do you think you want to have kids someday? No, I think I'd have to meet somebody to want to have a kid, but right. I want, I really want to adopt. Mm-hmm. My mom was adopted, and I just feel like that makes more sense. And I'm so well-versed in childhood trauma yeah. that I think I would be a really good parent to an adopted child. Wow, that's a beautiful thing to think. Yeah. That would be great to do. Yeah. Because I think to make a relationship last for like the long, long haul, there has to be a kid. Or else you just go. <laughs> well, no, because have, or else you just go in at each other too much. It's well, too well, much. Which like, leads me to this thing of like, are relationships healthy? I don't know. Right. Well, they are if there's a if, if there's, there's a kid. If there's a kid, then it's for them. Then you can, but like, it takes a little. Focus but then you're off. putting. But I. But my theory is, I don't want the kid to be more important than it's my commitment to the person. Guys. It's a catch twenty-two. Yeah. So yeah. It's a guy with He's the kid. Because you also don't want the relationship. <laughs> just to be to sustain right. because of the that, kids that's unfair to the well, kids because no. a lot of people stay together because my of parents the kids. did my parents and then, did and, and then it's damaged. just like yeah. you just got to be ready my, to sacrifice my brother everything. my brother has a son and him and the mother of his son broke up pretty early on mm-hmm. they are the best co-parents i'm so proud of them yeah and so my nephew gets two parents that love each other oh, that's they cool. love him co-parenting works it is i'm honestly <laughs> from, i from watched, friends of mine have done it I watched yeah. them do it and I was like, I think that's like how I'd want a parent. I'd want to adopt a kid or maybe have a kid with a gay guy or somebody that we would never be together. And we could both mm. just be in it for the well-being of the kid and just, you know, co-parent together. I, mm. That sounds great. You'd have to vet them really well. Very well. That's yeah. cool. Really that's, well. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a cool theory. I like that. Because then you're actually putting a person and you're, you're helping to raise a person that's a good person in society that you can yeah. raise to be an activist, raise to question things, raise to, you know, seek justice, all that stuff. Yeah, because somebody told me this pyramid thing, like where a relationship's like a pyramid, where if you're both just like on this plane and looking at each other, <laughs> it's like you're going to clash. But mm -hmm. if you both are striving for like a higher purpose, like raising a kid or something, or yeah. maybe could be other things, then it, you create this pyramid and meet up here. What happens up yeah. there? <laughs> I don't know. What happens then at you the reach top? nirvana. <laughs> then you divorce. I don't know. But you're happy. So but fine. you're happy, and you've become enlightened. You know what they say: what goes up must come down. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So, um, tell me about dwell. Oh, that, I, that's my short film. Yeah, your short film. Yeah. She rollerblades you, there. You wrote. I did rollerblades. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I love rollerblades. That's what I thought when she said she rollerblades. Uh, uh, yeah, I wrote that. That was like filming that. I wrote and starred in a short film because I wanted, I majored in acting. I got a BFA in acting. I wanted to be a movie actress since I was a child. Right. That was really the, the, the initial goal with me. And I still want to do that. So I wasn't getting auditions. And so I was like, oh, fuck this. I'm going to make my own movie. And it was my first short, and I'm very proud of it. Uh, it was basically healing from that breakup of seven years right. and look and not understanding that you have to go inside yourself and not seek not seek the dopamine or the feeling better about yourself through drugs or friends. Mm -hmm. You just have to go through go to the desert, die, and come back. Yeah, it's a drama too. It's not really. I wouldn't call it a comedy. No, yeah, it's not. So, I went yeah. for it so to be a, a comedy. It's a true story. The guy in there yeah. with you is. That's yeah. your breakup story. Yeah, yeah, and now that it makes more sense. I'm to working me. on another film now. That's a, a horror film that, or uh, a psychological horror about childhood trauma. I'm so excited about it because it's more meta. There's a lot of metaphors and stuff in it. Wow, it's not so direct. That's a great idea. I'm very. We're starting to film it. Uh, oh, yeah, the spring. So, congrats. Thank you. Is it you writing and directing? Uh, I don't direct it. I, I just write and start in it. Oh, cool. Yeah. What's that going to be called? Or you're not giving that away? Yet? Uh, I think it's going to be called the Tower. The Tower. Yeah. It's very. Yeah, childhood trauma, man. Most people have it, and I wish <clears throat> that uh, yeah, more people had access to the information about it. Well, they can't. I mean, YouTube is a is a wonderland of info on that stuff. I just wish schools covered it. Yeah, I wish that it was put in the cat. The topic was put in front of kids. Yeah, and put in front of parents so they can understand how they affect each other. More mainstream, or mm -hmm. so the so they were made aware of why they're constantly distracting themselves into zombiehood. Yes, because if you're not aware of that, that really takes that that just hacks up your self esteem. Oh yeah. If you behave in ways that you don't logically want to be behaving in, right. which is a which is a factor. Um, a side effect of having trauma yeah. you and you don't understand it you just get mad at yourself right because who else are you gonna get mad at well you don't respect when you don't respect yourself anymore that's when you're in a dangerous place yep yeah because you were talking about you went to some acoa meetings too right or yeah. adult child of alcoholic dysfunctional families yeah. yeah those are really good those are those are like new york like the they're so new york those meetings because it's everybody from every age, income, race, gender, like every, it's just a sampling of New York City and they all have something very serious in common. Mm. It's really cool. Yeah, you get a lot of benefit when you just hear other people share their problems. It's, it's 
fuels a spiritual connection when you realize, oh, that's what we're all doing here. Everyone's dealing with stuff. And some people yeah. are dealing with crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? And they need to be made. They need to know that they're dealing with a lot. Yeah. And they're doing a good job. They're doing the best they can. You should check out Ross Rosenberg on YouTube. Oh, he's, okay. He's a codependency expert. And Lisa A. Romano, who, who's our, like the last one we had on the podcast. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'll have to check her out. Yeah, I she, love this these topics. Cause you would so love common. her. You would love her. Yeah, so drops next week. Oh, yeah. nice. Her, her whole thing is like, and when I was going through my like dark night of the soul with all this, her whole thing is I am enough. Yeah. And, and yeah. I wrote that on my mirror. I yes, am enough. Yes. I did. No, it's, it's so. Like, you it's, need it. Yes, you do. And it feels really good to say yeah. to yourself. Yeah. And you develop this trust with yourself that could carry you anywhere you want to go. Yeah. So what's up with the new podcast voices in our head? That's uh, it's my solo podcast where it's kind of the like this hero's journey of going into More the desert and it's a comedy. No, it's funny because I, I it's basically my coping mechanism, how I make light of really bad things that happen and to me and to other people. And uh, it's just a documentation of the the work I've done on myself is this podcast. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that. Thanks. That's a great I'm idea. I'm really proud of this podcast. Yeah, I like I'm really the proud title of it. too. Thank you. How how long has that been going on? About a little over a little over a year. Ever okay. since you ran out of the guys for the other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to. No, know. but yeah. <laughs> so is it a monologue or do you have guests on? I don't have I've had a couple guests on, but it's mainly just me. I do a lot of weird voices, a lot of cartoon voices, uh-huh. a lot of just I'm a I'm I'm I let my weird flag fly hmm. high in this podcast. I need to try that. You tape at home when you yep. do that? Audio only. Yep. Right, so you can go crazy. Yeah, cuz when it's just me and a microphone, it's 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 more intimate. Right. Why do you think that is? Cuz I don't have to worry about is the camera picking like I don't give a shit about a camera or right. anybody else in the room cuz it's just me. Mm-hmm. So you're really just talking to yourself. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I want to hear. I, I want to hear it. I haven't heard that one. Yeah, I like that one a lot. I'm, so proud, that's of, I'm like proud of the solo podcast. Going through like codependency issues, family Co- addiction, of origin, addiction, addiction, codependency, uh, dealing with you know finding out you're a sperm donor baby. Uh, you were, yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Just so my life is so interesting and weird. And, you know, in a way that I really love because it's not boring. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. Did that make a difference? Like when no. you ha- when you find that out, how, how, what goes through your head? That's a weird one. It feels like you got hit by a truck, but it's not good or bad. If anything, I my parents really wanted me to be here. So I right. honestly, I, I think it's I think it's something very special. And I I sympathize or empathize with why they didn't tell me or they didn't want to tell me. I completely understand. And that's mm. OK. Um, and then the funny part is <laughs> I have all these half siblings all around the country, uh, because he was a sperm donor. So he donated a bunch of sperm right. and it's just like every couple weeks I get an email saying all these here new half siblings on 23 and me. And I'm like, cool. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. They can track that. Yeah. Cause I, ju- that's how I found out. I what did 23, is 23 and me? It's a DNA thing. DNA <clears throat> so they, they never volunteered that information. Correct. Wow. So when you found out, did you? confront them well I, I thought it was a joke 
I had two women email me saying, or message me on that app saying, oh, we're half sisters. One woman said, I was raised by him if you have any questions. And then another woman said, oh, you're a sperm donor baby too? And I was well, like, you know where I was like, no, this is weird. This is probably, you know, a mix up. Or maybe my uncle. conscience though that you submitted DNA to that. Why would you do because that? Because my mom was adopted. Um, and we never knew much about her family. And ironically, my brother always, my whole life, I have an older brother. He always told me I was the mailman's baby. He joked mm-hmm. with me because I don't look like anybody in my family. because of that subconscious stuff, though. Like, he's on to something. Like, somewhere you knew. And somewhere Maybe. your brother knew, yeah, too. Like, that's like, like the, the I, sub- I really didn't look like... But then you get, I looked at, I looked up the, the, the name of the sperm donor. Mm-hmm. Don't look like him either. And I was like, interesting. Hmm. Interesting, so, but yeah, you're, you're right. I think there was something in the subconscious. What was it like when you confronted your parents on that? <laughs> I thought it was a joke, so I ended up filming myself calling my mom. Oh my God. Wow! Because I thought it was. I th- I was I was like, guys, I'm gonna find out my family's not my biological family. <laughs> right. And then I asked my mom, and she was like, oh. And I was like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> Holy shit! Who told yeah. you? <laughs> yeah. Well, she knew I was doing the 23andMe. She's like, I knew you were gonna know. I'm like, eh, it's fine. Wow. So, was did it feel like betrayal? No, no, not at all. No, no. They really wanted me to be here. Yeah. I think I was very, if anything, honestly. I and I really mean this. I respect my parents more. I get. I that's really well. But your mother still carried the pregnancy, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So it's yeah. right. So it's okay. But my she dad wasn't raised adopted. me. She was yeah, no, but like there donor. could be a sperm donor with right. with an egg from someone egg. else. Right, and, right. And yeah, that it wasn't of, that. Right. Uh, but yeah, I'm and but also my whole thing too is like we don't gotta carry these secrets with us and feel so guilty about it. Mm-hmm. You could have told me, and I would have been like, oh, cool. Yeah. So I found out I have a half brother when I was like 26. Nice. For instance, <laughs> that's I'm fr- fun. I'm from Ohio, by the way. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I know you're from Philly. Yes. So if I was ever wow. on Are You Garbage, I think I would probably be considered. You would qualify, yeah. <laughs> I think I would. Yeah, yeah. Safely, Ohio, yeah. yeah, like <laughs> pretty much. That Wawa yeah. is not like. Can you show it? Because it's not like you put the letters Wawa no. under there. You just put the logo, yeah. so somebody who's not from the area could be. Oh, that's a nice goose or right. duck. Right. So it's not. If you get it. You, if you know, you know. You're not you that know. trashy with the Wawa thing. Mm, well, no, I like. I would rather somebody recognize the logo. Then yeah. read it and go, oh yeah, Wawa, because right. then you really get it. Is that you about get Wawa Philly culture. pride? Philly pride, Wawa. It was always just a part of. I would go drive to the parking lot of a Wawa during yeah. most fam- family holidays when I was so stressed out and I wanted to scream and I just had to get away and I wanted to smoke a cigarette and I didn't want my parents to know I smoked. Right. So I made up an excuse to get something at Wawa and I would just be in this parking lot on Thanksgiving night because uh-huh. it was the only place that was open, smoking a cigarette and I looked to my left and right and there's all these men in their cars doing the exact same thing, getting away from their families. <laughs> That's funny. And it was just this camaraderie in this Wawa parking lot of like, this is the only place we have to go that's a skit right there yeah that's yeah. great so it's more than just you know wawa yeah for those who don't know wawa is like if a 7-eleven was fancy like they have yeah they have good food in there like yeah for your Hoagies. if you're a road Hoagies. musician and you yes. see a wawa yeah. wawa like, sheets yeah. it's always you, sto- yeah. you stop and yeah. you like order up because it's like oh this is actually good yeah yeah you always know what you're gonna get and it's always great yeah. And they're gobbler. Oh my god, <laughs> man! <laughs> I love Wawa. <laughs> Could talk about it so, all day. So, and what happened with your friend that you got a matching tattoo with? 
that you fell out with? <laughs> oh yeah, we we stopped talking. Uh, I think that was a, another example of a friendship that relationship that maybe became codependent, and I take a lot of responsibility in that. It, it's just one of those things uh, where you realize, oh, we're not, we don't, we don't fit anymore. We're not good friends anymore. Right. For each but other. But she like messed up your relationship with your mom. No, 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 not at all. No, you she, said that she, on a podcast. She messed. up. No, she didn't mess it up. She 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 would point out things that I that were between my mom and I where I was like, really? And she's like, yeah, Christina. And I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, she um, planted poison seeds. No, no, she pointed not at all. She's a good person. Right. She just pointed out things that I didn't understand. So it was that was all good. I just think that I was being criticized. She it seemed it felt to me like she took whenever I did something that was against my own best interest whether it was like smoke cigarettes or whatever not that's just an example she didn't actually get mad at that but i i feel like she took it personally mm-hmm. and she would it, it was too much and uh and i felt that way with my mom too i felt like she, i had a similar feeling um with the way my mom reacted to me so yeah it's just one of those things where you're friends for so long mm-hmm. and um it's hard to take a step back and go oh this isn't good right now this is just not a friendship shouldn't be this stressful and upsetting. Right. And so, friendship should be supportive and loving and, hey, we all fuck up. Like, I got you. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the kind of friendship I want. Has the work you've done over the last year made you more forgiving of that whole situation? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And and me, and it has allowed me to find where I have responsibility in that relationship. Right. Yeah. I'm in a very similar space because I, like, had a major revelation of all this dysfunction I went like I went totally rogue like you know just like went no contact with so many people and mm-hmm. then now I've come to a place where I I see it very differently yeah. you know and I love all of them Yep not all of them are back in my life but I'm not holding any resentment towards anyone It's a uh, yeah I'm in the same spot I love I'm that. very happy that that friend I heard recently that she got engaged and I was like I'm so ha-. like genuinely I was like oh right. that's so wonderful like I really and that's a, a testament to kind of where I'm at and if I actually mean it you yeah. know that's how I prove to myself like oh yeah you actually mean this you're not just faking it because <laughs> you think this is the better choice yeah what about your siblings how do they how have they responded to their upbringing and all that stuff or how are you guys different and how are you the same so I have an older brother who I'm very close with. Uh, we actually got very close with each other, especially lately. He's eight years older than me. We we just, we I mean, he's the only other person that was raised by the same people as me. So we have a bond that is forever uh, a huge help in, in both of our lives because we each got different versions of our parents because we're eight years apart. So we That's talk, interesting. yeah, we talk hours at a time. He's going through a, a breakup at the moment that was really upsetting. And, and I was like, DJ, this is, uh, this is my bread and butter, giving people advice on breakups. I wrote a book on it. Like, I got you. I know I'll send you all the YouTube videos. And I talked to him about all these concepts that I've collected throughout the eight years I've been doing this, seven years. And I've been like really helping him through his breakup um and also as a result of that we're just bonding because we're we've been taught we'll talk for like three hours at a time so i love my brother he's so, it's so important for me to have somebody else who gets it in, what, in what's that he way. do he is a chemist uh works for a company that does water filtration basically <laughs> i don't really mm-hmm. know he's he's smarter than me so i don't really know what the 
what the terminology is, but he's a chemist. And just the one brother? Mm-hmm. When you went no contact, was there like, was he like, hey, what are you doing? Or did he understand? He understood because he did that. He did that as well. There was oh, a year that he didn't talk to my our, our parents. Yeah. Because usually dysfunctional childhood relationships with siblings, there's always a golden child and a scapegoat and stuff. Yeah, we flip those roles that we switch roles with that. And also oh. him, my brother and I are just so chill and so like. Eh. And, we, and we both really want to better ourselves. We're both very invested in uh, finding own, our own solutions to our own happiness. Right. And because partially, too, because the way our parents raised us. I mean, they, we're, my brother and I, I really do believe are very good people. And that's not for nothing. I mean, that does that is a testament to our our parents integrity and morals. Right. So they're good people. Yeah. Yeah, they are. That's cool. So now there's friendly emails and it's like the, yeah. the bridge over troubled waters is being built. Starting to be built. Yeah. This That's a good nice. spot. Yeah. Yeah. And are you closer to your mom or your dad? My mom. Do you think biology has something to do with that? No. No, I really love my dad. I right. love, I think my dad is, my dad's a really good guy. I really respect, I really respect him and I really, I respect both of them. Uh, and now I can, especially since I took this much needed time away from them and to, to, I had to block their phone numbers so that they, I couldn't allow them to contact me just I so I could get my head straight. And it really has allowed me to take a step back and go, yeah, they're pretty good people. They're good. They did the best they could. Yeah. I have the same feeling. Yeah. Because some people, I really do believe, they. I've heard stories, shouldn't talk to their parents ever again. Mm -hmm. And that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So it's not, you know, I always want to preface that because I feel like a lot of people tend to feel guilt for not talking to their parents. Oh, but it's horrible. A lot guilt. of times it's it's necessary. Even if you shouldn't, you're going to feel guilt. There's yeah. no way around that. Yeah. I don't think. Guilt is such a pointless emotion. Yeah. It sucks. It's so pointless. sucks the life and the joy out of everything. Yeah. And if you do something out of guilt or if you don't do something so you won't feel guilty, that's never good. Yeah. If guilt has any any role in your decision making, it's not good. Yeah. And toxic shame. Yep. That's another killer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's a huge killer. And our the government, the America, man. Oh, man. I've just been really learning about uh, just how racism is just it's so it's such a gross manipulative anti-human thing and i'm watching this netflix docuseries called amend i cannot recommend it enough it's educating you about the constitution and the amendments that actually are the 14th amendment is so much more important than than uh it's talked about because it's the basis of gender equality racial equality um marriage equality all that and you really realize the 14th amendment yeah it's all equal treatment under the law we right. all have the right to equal treatment is this the the essence of that and mm -hmm. uh oh my god i learned the other day i'm like are you kidding me uh ha harry anslinger who was head of the what is now called the DEA, Drug Enforcement, um, and Nixon? He put he added the J in marijuana to make it sound more Mexican, so that they could they could deem really? it as a way to be anti-Mexican, like anti, uh, and then jazz. They equated it with black people and Mexican people, and I'm like, are you fucking? That is so really? gross and manipulative. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Well, how would you spell jazz without a J, though? No, no, well, no. Marijuana, marijuana, the J in marijuana, not jazz. Oh, okay. not jazz. Sorry. <laughs> like, and, no, but I, then you said, and jazz, and I'm like, well, well what was it called, ass? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, used to be called ass? I've never heard that. It's so close I, to ass. I'm very caffeinated, and I speak too bad. But no, so they tried to basically use it against black people and against Mexican people uh, right. by associating it with jazz music That's or putting the J in to make it sound Mexican. Well, associating it with jazz music accidentally promoted it and associating with mexicans accidentally promoted it too from my point of view but, but also too but, when you smoke weed you're not like i would never be worried oh mm. by a person who is stoned no. ever i'm not worried they're going to take anything from me i'm not worried they're going to kill me I'm not worried they're going to be violent right ever the j that, just that, made it difficult to spell for crying out loud right right Marijuana. But it's just like, oh, where does man. the J go? How did it used to be spelled? With an H. With an H. Yeah. Marijuana. 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 Let's put a J. I mean, that's a reach, though. Like that's some like weird programming. That's a weird right? programming it's this reach. Manipulative. But Ugh. it's like I would never. I never once thought. Hmm, Mexican when I saw the J. Right. Oh, really? It sounded Personally, like a Spanish it word. Sounds it sounds like, like a fajita. A, right, exactly. I'm yeah. from Ohio. You know? Fajita. Uh, you know. Isn't fajita with a J? <laughs> yes, it fajita, is. Fajita, yeah. Fajita. Jesus. Yeah, the Jesus. J is an H sound. But I'm like, the, uh, the, amount of, the amount of dedication you must have right. to make it so that these people will think badly of these people by changing the spell. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, Jesus. But how did it pass? Divide and conquer. I don't know. They think they just started spelling it like that. Just like they just started today, there'd doing be an it. Outrage! If you change the word all of a sudden and swap the letter, everyone mm. would be like, "Dude, come yeah, on!" Yeah, what the hell? Yeah, because we're all talking about things more, and right. we understand we can catch things. Yeah, it's just like bizarre things like that. I'm like, damn. That's Oof. crazy. That's some deep manipulation. Yeah. And what about like freedom of speech lately? Is being kind of uh, sort of trampled upon to a large degree what is, what how, what's your feelings about that especially being a comedian mm, yeah yeah freedom of speech is uh well i think that i'm understanding more i got into you might know this author don miguel ruiz the poor agreements yeah, yeah. being impeccable with your word yeah never take anything personal uh, yes that's one of the other one. ones Always that'll make everyone best. less douchey yeah yeah and uh be impeccable don't make assumptions yeah, those are all really difficult. And being, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are there other options? They're all almost it. impossible. No, yeah, no, it, it, well, <laughs> no it's, it's, it's seemingly But it impossible. is great. Yeah. But the whole impeccability with your word, the right. word is all we have, mm -hmm. right? And with stand-up, I'm really obsessed with word economy. Right. I really admire stand-ups who go on stage and every single word of their set is planned out and Mark put Norman there meticulously. Like He's, He's exactly like that. Great example. I am not a great example of that at all, and I, but I really admire that, and I want to incorporate that more into my stand-up. So really with, with speech, I'm just – that's where I'm at with it now of like, oh – Think one more second about how you want to word things and if mm -hmm. it's really capturing the idea that you want to impart on the audience. Obviously, the way they take it is on them, but, uh, you know, do your best to communicate it, you know, give it give it your best shot to figure out how to communicate, communicate it. And just with social media now, we're just butchering uh, words mm -hmm. and and making them mean something else. And I'm like, oh God, I wish I have all these books about like World War II vets writing letters to their wives while they're overseas and and how how beautifully said these sentiments were. And, mm -hmm. and I'm like, man, 
I do this thing on my Instagram called Fuckboy Friday, oh, yeah. where I'll do a, people send me screenshots of DMs they get from guys on dating apps, and they're just atrocious. I mean, oh. just the scum of humanity. Uh, and it's great fodder for comedy, but I'll do like a theatrical reading of them. And it's just, I th- every time I do them, I think about how, you know, these love letters that were written in the 50s were just such beautiful gestures that I'm like, what is that now? Mm-hmm. You up? That's the, that's the, <laughs> that's, well, <it. laughs> that's the dopamine detox on like some weird social level because it used to be your only option was pen and paper and, and the sea. I'm out in the sea for months away and I have this pen and paper. So what are you going to do? You're going to craft a beautiful letter. Now you have this. You're like, no, oh, no, there's a million things. Oh, even, but now, yeah. now I see a hot girl. Oh, that reminds me of this. Now I'm just going to write a quick little text. Ah, oh, then. And then the DM's going to be like, uh, oh, just the laziest bullshit and ever. You're not in your actual interaction. Yeah. It's just like, that's an example of it. It's just like the, we're, we're, you know, in a way, okay, I get it. They're like douchey or whatever. But in another level, you could forgive them because they're just victims of, of this. this. Yeah. They're yeah. victims of like, you know, when you're out at sea for two months and all you have is like one piece of paper and a pencil that you have to like sharpen with your mouth. You know, right, <laughs> right. You're going to write. You're going to be careful about what amazing. your words are. <laughs> yeah. Because like, you don't have a lot of, <laughs> you know, you're, you're, uh, you're, the lead and the pencil will only get you so far. It's so valuable. Yes, and so but it, and you're running out of lead too. So every right. word counts. Right. It's, it's like, and how cool is that? But I but yes, I you think have to that, start using your own blood. Right. I mean, <laughs> come a on, pen. A, a, pluck a seagull and use of your horse. They're going to be great. But I do think we're all victims of the system. But you're also choosing to victimize yourself in a way mm-hmm. where you could take a step back if if it's important to you mm-hmm. to communicate fully. And go, what does that look like for me? What I don't want to be in the system. It doesn't feel good. So when something doesn't feel good, recognizing it right away and making adjustments. Mm-hmm. So you can, I, I really adjusted the way that I in, uh, ingest uh, my phone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Quarantine. How, like, just I tech just, detox. I only, yeah, I only have certain times of the day. I have my notifications. You cannot reach me by phone call or text until like noon every day because so i don't want to i don't want to hear from you nice. yet. only a homing pigeon before noon yep that's like john mm-hmm. laster no, don't call him on wednesdays or fridays yeah. i mean you He's can i just answer. won't get it yeah. i just won't get it that's yeah. fine i'll get it when Mine's i'm ready silent all the time yeah yeah be funny yeah. if it went ding right now fucking <laughs> 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 come on where line. are you for me I'm, i set you up no, but um, what do you think it is about you that is brave with your reveal and you're that nature of certain people are just so like, whatever, here's what I did. And I don't you know, like and others of us are like, mm, I'm a little afraid. Afraid of what? Just being judged or whatever. Or like oh. or what's your what's I've already your- been judged. I've already had, you know, the worst things you could say to me, you know, years ago have already been said to me, mm-hmm. said to me about me. I've been dragged on the internet for stuff. I've been, I've received rape threats, death threats on Twitter. I mean, if you're a woman, wow. that's, that's kind of part of the game. That's nuts. Uh, if you're in any way public, I've had people uh, tweet at me a picture of my house, my apartment building. And I'm like, oh, that's not fun. Okay, that's, that's actually where I live. That's weird. Yeah. But so, but once you, once all that's happened, and you're like, holy shit. And then you go, wait, what What do I care about? Okay, my safety is important to me. How can I ensure this? How do I, what matters to me? You realize that giving a shit about what other people think or do or say about you is, that's their business. Mm-hmm. 
And someone's always going to hate you no matter what you do. Yeah, and if no one hates you, you're not doing it right. And you're not doing anything. You have to. That's why this show Men's on Netflix really was inspiring in that there's always going to be opposition to equal rights for anybody, right? And there's all these new ideas, these new philosophies, these new ways of thinking are always going to be met with resistance. So anything good is going to be met with resistance initially, at least by some people. That's true. And that's part of the game. You really like Netflix, huh? You I keep love up Netflix. Men's on Netflix. What are you promoting Netflix? No, over here? I just really love these shows. <laughs> I get a lot from. I haven't. Them. I haven't had a Netflix in a while. I need to maybe reengage. I gotta say, uh, there's some good. And I'm not. You're not paying me to say this <laughs> at all. Then. I do not have a show on Netflix yet. Well, yeah, I will. Let's I will. manifest. My takeaway from Dwell was the fuck lifetime that you snuck in there. Oh yeah, yeah, right? and I mean that with all right. my heart. Yeah. Right. Because they denied you a, sh- a show <laughs> or a deal that you had, but that was the they question. They gave us a deal. To, to go with, like, because of the topic of sex, how sensitive it is and freedom of yeah. speech, what other opportunities you felt fell because of what you do? Or, oh, or all of them, yeah. Of We've them. had, Corinne and I have made, how the TV industry, the, the, the business works is, you know, when you have an idea that's hot, everybody wants to either do a reality show about you or have you sign with their production company or their network to do a television show. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's just because everybody else, it's the FOMO of like, well, everyone else likes this and I don't really get it. But for Corinne and I, if you don't get us, we would never want to, we're never going to work with you. What, how that's absolutely antithetical to everything we're about. Corinne Fisher. So yeah. Yeah. Well, just an amazing human being. Yeah. 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 One of the most unique human beings uh that you'll ever meet and uh one of the most uh genuinely confident people that uh that exists i think that's a this uh, extinct population how did you guys meet internship i interned for her company in college which company liebman entertainment she was a she was a junior talent manager oh, okay so i was in college and uh interned for her Wow. That's how we met. Yeah, and I graduated and I invited her to a stand-up show. You were doing that open mics or something? No, or? I did a bringer. That was my first ever show. What's was that? It was a bringer. You pay. It's such a rip-off. Oh, right. You pay, I, but I did them for a year, play, over a year. Of kind of. You you beg your fa- friends who are also broke like you to pay 25 bucks plus two drinks mm-hmm. to see you bomb for five minutes on stage and maybe Jim Gaffigan will show up and make it all okay make it all worth it uh that's I invited her to one of my bringer shows and she was like oh we should do is that a a thing oh yeah I never heard of that pay to play bringer shows open mics why is that better it's totally separate so open mics the audience is comedians but a bringer show you can get like Gotham Comedy Club oh bringer like bring yeah like every you couldn't do time unless you bought at least brought at least five people to pay to see the show but a lot of 50 bucks right 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 yeah you're not paying it but you're begging your friends to do it and you're not good yet i didn't understand that open mics were the first step before Mm. that yeah wow you were going ahead of yourself a little bit oh that's the story of my life (laughs) but that worked out because then you guys developed this comedy duo called sorry about last night is that right Mm -hmm. and then what was uh how how did that how did building that go like did you really well yeah, Corinne always had this theory of like you have an A project and a B project. Uh, and A project for both of us was stand up, but our B project was this comedy duo. So we would produce shows. We would have, we both were, we, the one thing we have in common is our, our fucked up sense of humor. Mm-hmm. So uh, we really like going hard for after a joke or, or um, you know, committing to a bit. So we produced a lot of shows. 
some sketch shows. We filmed some sketches. And then Guys We Fucked was one of the ideas that Corinna pitched me um, as part of our comedy duo stuff. Wow, she's like blessed your life big time, huh? Yes, yeah. Yeah. Golden ticket. Mm-hmm. That's a smart <laughs> concept to have an A project and a B project. Yeah, yeah. She's very smart and she because she comes from the world of talent management. She knew exactly how to develop talent. But she was like, I want to do this for myself. I don't want to waste this on other people. Right. I'm like, all right, let's do it. But she was a comedian as well? She started stand up like shortly after I, I oh. did it. Yeah. Oh, so you inspired her as well. So you probably blessed her mm. life too. Yeah, I don't know. She did stand up once, she said when she was sixteen, she like tried it. Um she, she had to say she that. did one no, no, no but she kidding. did do <laughs> no. She did do one woman shows <laughs> that I would go see. That were basically like stand-up monologue type shows. Uh, drama though, more. No com- comedy. One woman. Because when you say like one woman, all of a sudden is dramedy. When you say like then the other, otherwise it's comedy. Yeah, I guess when I think of one woman mm. shows, I think of com- stand-up comedy. I think of like Judy Gold mm. and you know um, Whoopi Goldberg. Mm, yeah, did okay. her, her one right. woman shows. That's so true. That's I. Th- that's what I Fair think. Fair enough. Of. Yeah. What do you think? Like the differences between people that are drawn to mostly comedy versus people that are drawn to mostly drama as someone who's drawn to both? Mm, uh, I think a lot of times with comedy, I feel like it's two camps of either something's fucked up with you and you don't know about it yet and you just want to laugh at really dark things. That's a really, uh, humor is a release. Mm -hmm. Uh, Especially if you've experienced something like PTSD, it's really valuable to your psyche to laugh at to, to laugh and mm. especially if you can laugh at darker stuff um if it resonates with you so that and then i, I also just think um people like laughing no one hates laughing right. everyone loves it and so i think uh every everyone has their own version of what makes them laugh but yeah i mean if you hate i've never met anybody that hates comedy right you can't have my mother life without it really she doesn't i've never what, but something has to be funny to her she doesn't like comedy. Yeah, she's my mom. But does she like weird laughing? Like that. <laughs> she's not a laughing. She doesn't she like, like laughing that. either. <laughs> well, that's a bigger issue. That's a bigger wow. Issue. Yeah, no, no comedy on my mother. So my family's weird like that. I love comedy. Yeah, my family liked laughing, and we would laugh at a lot of. Sometimes shit's going so bad that all you have to do is make fun of it and laugh. Do you think you got a lot of your nature from your mom? In terms of like, yeah, I think goof goofiness. She, my mom's very goofy yeah. and silly. Definitely got that from her. But I'm a good mixture of my mom and my my father because my my dad is very sarcastic, uh-huh. and so I I, I have both because that's yeah. those are the two people that raised me. Yeah. I had a question about um, me and him when I remember when Russell Brand moved to Luminary, and you guys are now on Luminary, right? Yep. So. Did you? Because I've we've most podcasts are free and Luminary charges. Did the did the viewership go up, down, stay the same? How was that transferred to a actually played a paid platform? Yeah, uh, it well, the viewership went down. Whenever you're doing a paid platform, right. you're going to lose the majority of, of your audience. But that decision took a year for us to make. But one of the things about it was um, when you monetize art that was not previously monetized, people get really pissed. Right. But at that time, I was such a people pleaser. So I would take it so personally if someone got got upset. And really, what's at the core of that is, Christina, they love your show, show, show so much. Maybe they're not in a position to be able to afford it. And they're pissed. And that's okay. You don't have to, you don't have to get upset. <laughs> um, but privacy. 
privacy was really big. It's a weird thing privacy, to have your diary out for the world to, to, to listen to. And when it gets to the point where it does affect your sex and dating life, where people will try to date people because you've dated them and you have all the evidence of, and it's like, ugh, that's weird. Yeah, but they could still pay for Luminary and see the same. They you know, could, but most of not, them don't. Oh, but okay. Extra, we knew it's that. It's an extra step. It's, yeah. If you're this, right. basically, if you're listening to us on Luminary, you really want to be there. And it made the podcast fun to do again for Corinne and I. It's fun to do again now. Really? Ever since we've been on Luminary, we just feel safe. Like, you're not going to, you that know. That makes sense. Somebody, some Joe Schmo off the street who just met me isn't going to be able to have access to my History. diary for the mm. last two years. Well, they can if they have, like, what, 15 bucks a month? Yes. And much? if, yeah. But if but that to me <coughs> says that you're not in it for that. Yeah. The, you actually are in it for. And also, the, I'm so confident in the product that Corinne and I put out. It says and to me I know you're a dedicated worth. stalker is what it says to yeah, me. Yeah. And honestly, <laughs> I respect that. I respect that. Okay. A dedicated that. stalker is better than bucks. just your run of the mill. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Yep. That's interesting. How long have you been on that one, Luminary? Mm, like a year and a half, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is there pressure from them, like, for numbers, no. or they don't really care? No, they don't. Uh, I all They're happy with us. That's all I know. <laughs> I'm like, cool. That's great. And uh, too, I was curious about the, the They the were pay. also like, you know, hey, we're going to give you a paycheck that's big to do exactly what you've been doing, and we just want you to keep doing it. And it's like, Thank you. <laughs> That's awesome. Like the, the CEO, the head of Luminary, we met with him a bunch of times before we, you know, we considered, are we selling out? Are we, you know, whatever. All of the things that you consider that mean a lot to us. Integrity means a lot to us. And uh, we thought about all of the repercussions, all of the reactions that we could get. And we're like, no, nope, this is a really good decision. And we're very happy that we made it. How, how have the numbers changed? They've gone down because most people don't want to pay. Right. Um, but Significantly uh, or... Actually, don't know. I don't they, know. They're, they're supposed to give their numbers to us, and they don't. But well, uh, your back catalog's still on iTunes. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. So people are still discovering us, and we're still selling out on the road. So that's great. It doesn't. Really... So you take the pod on the road, or the comedy duo on the road, the and comedy that... duo. We co-headline. I see. Yeah, we each do half-hour stand-up sets. Oh, cool. Yeah, and then we do. And then you do a combo. Yeah, our live shows are really special. We because our audience is very special because they will talk about very intimate things about their life. Yeah. in front of a large group of people and it's very healing it's funny it's healing you've taught them all you've, yeah because we're guys honest are healers. we're honest in a way you yeah. guys are healers yeah but in it's through, a, it's through uh the lens of comedy which i really like yeah because that's a re the most relatable way you can get to people <clears throat> well what's that thing they say like you tell people the truth they'll kill you but if you tell people the truth and make them laugh they'll like let it slide. they'll they'll yeah they're not only that they will follow you <laughs> till yeah. you for the, the end of your career. How hard is it to maintain the relationship with Corin? Corinne? Corinne? Corinne. Sorry, Corinne. Corinne. Like Holiday Inn. Yeah. Uh, not hard at all. We just put work into it. Yeah. It's not like something you can just go, I hope this goes well. You like have to actually make an effort to. And what are some of the things you do for people that want to make relationships work? Which uh, is... Setting boundaries, mm -hmm. which she, she was the one who initially did that. And I was like, wait, you don't, that's mean. And she, I eventually learned like, no, that boundaries are very good and healthy for both people. Right. Um, like uh, if we're well, talking about what's work. What's an example of that, her so, setting boundaries? So, hey, if it's work related, don't text me. E let's do email. We're going to email each other for anything work related so that I'm not out with my friends. And then all of a sudden I'm getting 12 text messages and I'm like, I don't want to deal with that right brilliant, now. She's brilliant, man. She's very Fuck smart. sake, that's smart. And it's a tiny thing that goes 
goes a long fucking way. Hey, and I want my ass to have her start, on. Yeah. Start, start email. No, start oh, yeah. emailing me. Yeah, well, it's a good boundary. You don't do don't email. Te- don't text you me. You email anymore. him, you well, never some, get a reply. Sometimes you don't get a reply from me either. But right. uh, in that case, you know, she'll text me, be like, check your email. I'm like, okay, cool. What's another um, example? Another one that. Uh, I guess more on our end or both of our ends. Um, we make a point to have fun together. So, cause we, a lot, our work is really fun, but when we're on the road, we love kitschy shit. We love doing the tourist thing. Uh-huh. I want to see the biggest ball of twine. I want to see <laughs> all this weird shit. The cave under We the... love like, this is where JonBenet Ramsey was murdered or like, wow. we'll go to the JonBenet Ramsey outdoor in Colorado. We make a point Nurturing. to have fun. Yeah, that's nurturing. And not just when it feels to work, 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 and it's not enjoyable anymore. Mm-hmm. We know we need to go to the American Dream Mall in New Jersey and ride um, electronic animals for 15 minutes and go shopping. Like, that's awesome. We need to do that. That's great. What was yeah. it like when, because that was the big, the first big hit you had really was that podcast, right? So when yeah. the Daily Beast wrote that article yeah. and blew you guys up and everything. What, tell me what that felt like. Terrifying. I had so many panic attacks. Oh, it was scary. Because we, we had this idea. Obviously, you want people to listen. But we we talked as if no one was going to listen. So we were really, really, really honest. And right. then it was just like, <laughs> for a while, it felt like too many people were listening, which I know sounds weird. But when you're being no, so personal. Sounds right. And you're just being really honest. uh and then you're getting texts from friends and family like, was this about me? Was this? And you're like, oh, my God, this is not what I wanted this to be. Right. So but then you just uh, forces you out of your comfort zone and then you the dust settles and then you uh, arrange your life the way is, that is best for you. How so? Your own. What are your own boundaries? You have to interrogate. What are my boundaries? What are my morals? What are things that are way too much to say or disrespectful to say about somebody? Yeah. What are things that. It's my experience, and if you wanted a better story about yourself, why didn't you know you shouldn't have been an asshole? Right. I don't feel bad about that. And coming to terms with just being honest about the way I've been treated by other people, when to say their name, when to not, you know, it's not, just navigating all that. I was 23, or yeah, no, 24, 24 when we started the podcast. Oh, really? I was a kid. <clears throat> yeah, that's, I still yeah. feel like a kid. Yeah. But um, yeah, so just learning and growing in front of people is hard. <laughs> right. Yeah, is there how many times have you gone away from the podcast and thought, ah, fuck, I feel like shit about that. I should a lot, a lot in the beginning, and now never. And then how did you cope with that? I just had first I ignored it, or I would just take Adderall or smoke weed and forget about it, or just pretend everything's okay. I've done that routine before too. Right, not helpful. Um, (laughs) Not recommending. No, not at all. And uh, and then you realize, oh, I can sit with myself and interrogate my own feelings and sit with my feelings that that honestly this is all very new for me being mm-hmm. this like emotionally healthy right so you get there eventually yeah <laughs> got a question yeah of course i do <laughs> i know you do on the uh, so what's your childhood your, trauma let's no, go no no but your road is and i'm not don't take this the wrong way so most most so I don't know you where you stand on the hierarchy of comedy for for a lack of better way to put it. So most comedians who have podcasts were already established comedians, yep. and that's where they got the name. We got one and, from a podcast. We did it backwards, right? So you did it backwards. So do other comedians are like, oh, she didn't earn it. She was famous on a podcast, and now she's trying to do comedy, or or did you ah. feel you paid your dues in the comedy world, like the yeah. comedy seller? Do you play there? Did you have to audition? Right, 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 right. Just that. Whole I haven't auditioned dynamic. for the comedy seller yet, but you I haven't. But but I hold that place. I am. I love stand up. Right. I love stand up that's what i've that's the 
that's the excitement is how do I get good at stand up? That's and that's something my manager, Rick Dorfman, is my manager. He's a stand up, he manages a lot of stand up comics. And he's like, if you are good at stand up, you can fall back on that until the day you die. And no one can take that away from you. And you got an audience. Now you're selling out comedy clubs before you're good enough to sell out comedy clubs in, in terms in of real. like, it's not like you toured the country like a, like a Nikki Glaser yeah, started yeah. when she was 19 on the road. And she fucking got good and did the reps, the non-glamorous um, way. Right, but she by the time she got a podcast, she was a very established stand-up. So, so that kind of stuff. And realizing like my, my manager's really honest with me, which I really appreciate. And so understanding that and then being able to do the reps on the road the podcast is what got us into all the comedy clubs. And right. now we're regulars at these major, you know, comedy clubs around the country that I've always wanted to be on the road. Doing the road is, I really love it. I'm spoiled though, because I get to do it with Corinne. So we have fun. But, um, uh, in terms of anybody saying anything, I don't, I don't know if they do. I'm sure, but I don't really give a shit. Cause it's, if you're, if that's what you're focusing on, that's, you got right. you got so, you got so headline comedy clubs as well yeah oh yeah we've been headlining we've been headlining main the all the main comedy clubs across the country uh, for the last three years four years that's and we've amazing. been selling out we sold out the wilbur theater three times 1100 seats man. and i'm like insane. that's so i'm so proud of that yeah. i'm so fucking proud be. of that i don't know anyone else who did it backwards like that and, and was successful yeah, right. that's like it's not an it's easy rare. feat yeah. yeah it's rare um, but very proud to have that lane yeah. and not have that be like kind of a rare lane. Yeah. It's nice. Where are your favorite places to go? Oh, to tour. To tour? Yeah. I love the Wilbur in Boston. Comedy Works, one of the best clubs ever. Where's uh, that? Denver, Colorado. Denver, okay. Um, I love... We're not all insiders over here. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Uh, we know the comedy seller. Uh, we know uh, the comedy seller. The comedy seller's great. The comedy store in Los Angeles. Oh, my oh, God. Yeah. Our first show there was we sold out the main room. Wow. And I was like... And all the comics in LA, like Joe Rogan, Whitney Con all these comics yeah. were like... Who's that? And I'm like, yes, right. <laughs> clout, baby. That's all I've wanted. Yeah. <laughs> clout. Um, and a little bit of love and tenderness. Oh, always. Uh, clout and loving tenderness. Yeah, it's possible to have both. It is possible. Anyway, keep going. What are, what are the... American Comedy Company in San Diego I really love. Um, uh, San Francisco, Cobbs Comedy Club. Uh, fucking... Love San Francisco. The too. Helium Chains, Philly Helium. I'm touring a bunch coming up. I'm doing Portland, Oregon, Helium uh, in You're Philly. You're doing City Winery. April, oh yeah, City Winery. Nineteenth, April nineteenth. Oh, I no, got two. I got two 19th. City Wineries yes. coming up. Nice, nice. Yeah. So wait, do your folks come out and see you when you go? The so they used to come see me do bringer shows before guys we fuck before all that. Oh. And they were horrified. <laughs> they did, <laughs> one, I wasn't good yet, but two, I would talk about things with no tact. That were personal. <laughs> and they would come to New York to see it. Yeah, they were supportive. Wow. Very supportive. Yeah. And then there, my, I would talk about my mom's depression in a way that wasn't funny. <laughs> it, it was, but she saw it as I'm bullying her and that just right. wasn't what was going on. And I didn't understand that she was taking everything personally that maybe mm -hmm. she shouldn't. I just thought, oh my God, if my mom's upset at me, I did something bad and I'm a bad person. Right. So that took a whole fucking long time to figure out. But uh, when the first time Corinne and I sold out the Wilbur Theater, it was wow. 11, that 1100 seat theater. I was like, Oh, I'm fucking bringing my mom and dad to that. Them. They're <laughs> sitting in the center. And like one of the best moments of my life was mm. when they got to see us walk out on stage to like uproarious applause. The relationship wow. we have with the listeners is really fucking 
I'm so honored to be able to mm-hmm. have that because not only do you make them laugh, but you make them laugh about and and be okay with uh, something terrible that's happened to them. Things and they were ashamed of. Yeah, yeah. That's and that's deep. that's a deep seated bond. Very deep, man. Yeah. For and it's a great way to connect with somebody. Good for you. You're a shaman. Thank you. Let's dance around a fire right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do some ayahuasca. Secret, secret shaman. You ever done that? Ayahuasca? Yeah. No. Microdose? I want, I want, anything? No. I no? did. I talked to the devil on mushrooms once. <laughs> well, oh, so mega dose. I did too much mega mushrooms. Dose. I, yeah. I, my, my, uh, I would, I wouldn't say micro because it was more than that. Right. I got, I went, to, I had an ecstasy phase. Well, clearly, for like a month or two. We saw that on Dwell. <laughs> yes. We, yep. <laughs> yeah, there was real ecstasy in that. Movie. I was like, we can just, I can actually take it. And we, and the director was like, no, no, don't actually take it. Um, I would have made a similar suggestion yeah. in that space. Uh, yeah. What did the devil say when you talked to him? Oh boy, just Asking a lot of for pain a friend. and trauma. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You'll never get out. Yeah. You're, you're a terrible person. Right. Yeah, yeah all that stuff. Oh. But I felt a lot. I felt a lot Sounds lighter like the after same it. Same devil I've talked to. Yeah, it felt like I got my heart heartbroken the worst it's ever been broken for 12 hours straight wow like the the when you're so heartbroken that you ache and your body hurts and you want to puke that's how bad it felt lonely terror yeah psychedelics can aid in the work you're doing for sure i mean you know they can they can push you towards things that you wouldn't necessarily get to otherwise yep Set and setting, though, I understand now, is important. <coughs> Big time. Says the man who took mushrooms for six months. Me? Oh, mushrooms <laughs> are awesome. I think mushrooms Well, I microdose. Have... I like to microdose. I yeah, mean, I want to like, try that. I want to try that. That's actually just a good idea. It, I'm not yeah. a doctor, by the way, and <laughs> do not take yeah. my advice. But like for me, it, it's just something that elevates, lifts a little bit, taps you a little bit more into your emotions. Just, yeah. you know, when I do it, my way of doing it is I'll like take a little microdose and then I'll usually go on a run and listen to a mantra. Oh you know? yeah. Like, and I'll yeah. do it in the morning. It's yeah. not at all a party situation. It right, actually right. helps get, uh, helps take you out of dumb addictions like smoking and stuff yep. like mm. that. It actually helps with that. So it's, Oh, maybe I should do that. Cause I really want to quit smoking. Steroids. It'll help with that. It's set in setting is, is, is right with that too because if you it's all how you approach it like uh if you approach it in the morning and then you go run and you think of it as now i'm going to do yoga and i'm going to like do a meditation and then by the time you like then start doing your work and stuff it's kind of just worn off anyway or you don't even know right you don't even feel it because i think i've taken it i have i have micro doses of mushrooms at my apartment and i think i've taken them once and i'm like did that even do anything but i know that it's really integral for uh like PTSD and stuff. And, oh, yeah. and the fact that you don't even feel it right. is appealing because I don't want to be fucked up during the day. Right. You don't want to necessarily have a journey. I I, right. I used to take like massive doses, but now I barely ever do. Like yeah. if ever, it's more always a microdose situation for me. Yeah. How do you take mushrooms asking for a friend? You just eat Chocolate it. Chocolate or you just eat the actual chew mushrooms. It? Yeah. yeah, you yeah. Just chew, or you could even swallow it. I think you're, I think it'll work. Yeah. No, you probably. Oh yeah, you could. They can grind it up. You could put it in like a pill, oh, like a vitamin. Chew. Yeah, they do that. Yeah. I've never done it. It's yeah. really fun. I, I, my favorite was the half dose. Like it wasn't a full dose, right. but it wasn't a micro dose. It was in between those. Yeah. It, you just laugh. It's really fun and enjoyable. I think that's what I mean by micro dose. No, uh, <laughs> three quarters dose. But if you do it with LSD after, like, I've never done LSD. It's this. It's a similar thing if you get good LSD, but like. Uh, 
if you do it with LSD, you microdose. By the time, like, you, if you keep doing it, you'll soon be taking like a half hit, and it's this—it's a microdose because you oh, okay. barely feel it because yeah. you build a resistance to it. But mushrooms are now legal in Colorado or something, and the oh, research right, on yeah. them, like proper medical people, are kind of now approving of them as like, yeah, this is actually really helpful. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it's a net. I mean, yeah, this the drug loss. Oh my god. Yeah. It's wild. They it, push pills, but then you can't do natural stuff. It's crazy. And then they subvert the the information. Like fasting, yeah. for instance. It's so healing. It's so amazing. But it's like, you know, they, they call it like quacky, you know, or whatever. And, or medical doctors don't get trained on nutrition. Unless right. they're nutritionists. That's insane. <clears throat> the hospitals feed their patients junk food. Right. It's, like, it's insane. It, it's totally insane. It's, it's, they're just processed sugar. So do cafeterias like, at schools, by the way. Yes. That's, it's just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And then we wonder, oh, these we're jailing all these people that like act out their pain and violence. And it's like, what other choice did they have? And they're being driven nuts by their diet as well. Like yes. depression, all that kind of stuff is so much about nutrition and yes. all that stuff too. And you go into most doctors and they just don't even, it's not even a question. Yeah. And the fact that certain foods are illegal in other countries, when we started touring internationally in the mm -hmm. UK and even Canada McDonald's, yeah. I could eat a chicken wrap at Canada McDonald's yeah. and I would have, I have the most sensitive stomach. And when in New York or in, in the United States, I cannot eat a damn thing from McDonald's. Maybe right. the French fries if I have an empty stomach, but like the it, fries it, are good. It, 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 I'm barreled over in pain. Right. Right. Something's good too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. It's mm. crazy. I don't. It's it's a weird world because yeah. it, it's like not to be a conspiracy theorist, but it does feel like people there. There is a conspiracy against people finding their full own personal power. Like yep. in order for you to arrive at that place, you have to do a lot of digging, like a lot of personal searching. develop. You have to crash and burn like. A hundred times. Yes. I mean, and it, and you're like what, encouraged overall to it, be part of the group. Yeah, porn is another example of that. Yeah. It's just like it, it 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 creates shame in people. It makes them smaller for men. It, like they spill their seed, and there's a lot of power in that if you can hold on to that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, stuff like that. It's yeah. like, but that kind of information is like thought to be. Oh well, now you're just being crazy. You know, <laughs> like yeah. and it's like no, actually, it's all a big deal. Yeah, and it's really nice, like uh, the no like everyone has a podcast now i'm like right. i'm so glad because then on these podcasts people are talking about important things to talk about yeah. that are not getting attention like all like the things this. you just said yeah yeah this is the pushback yes exactly so there, there always is, will be pushback there hopefully yeah. hopefully pushback will be allowed yeah hopefully oh, they won't God. silence all pushback hopefully because there's uh it's spooky i mean yeah. it's at least spooky and there is a historical precedent for this kind of stuff yep. that leads to really, really... New ideas are dangerous, are treated as dangerous, which yeah. is wild. Like thought police type stuff, group think taking over, all that. It's like, it's spooky, man. I don't want to be a... Again, I'm not No, but there's also, there's so many things like the government's... Uh, there's so many things about history that you're like, oh, and you would have said that that was a conspiracy theory had you not known that that factually actually happened where... Right. FBI sent a letter to Martin Luther King con convincing him to commit suicide. Right. Because we tapped your phones and we know you're cheating. That 
And that could be a conspiracy, <clears throat> but that's true. Yeah. That was true. And you're like, okay, uh, now what's real? <laughs> right. And now that we know they have all of our information and all of our web histories and everything like that, you know, it's like that. that is, it, and even that information being out there is like, you know, promoting people's to become sh more shameful, more small, not in, not like immersed in their own power and force. Yep. It's weird times. It's weird. It's weird. But it's fun times. I mean, it's great. I'm having a good time. <laughs> no, this is the best time, by the way. I'm having I, a great time. I love it. Yeah. I Just mean, dig inside yourself. Also, all the information available to us. No, right now it's in a You zone. can become an ex expert at something by just going on the internet and learning about it. Absolutely. Yeah. So are you thinking about like uh, heading to Austin where that comedy boom is set to go off with like Chappelle <laughs> and Rogan and they're talking about right. Tim Dillon? Yeah, I love Tim. I love I'm him. I'm so proud of him. He's amazing. He's great. I love watching him his, get huge. It's yeah. so fun. We, I mean, because we did and show. And he says whatever We did mics today. We did wants. open mics together. We like, you know, kind of came up similar times. Oh, really? You knew him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We were all friends. Um, he was, he was, was a New he, York guy. What was he like? Great. Wonderful. Be before well, he became he, famous. No, and all full of himself. <laughs> no, just joking. Well, he's the same guy. I, yeah. Well, he. I used to work in luxury real estate. I used to be an assistant, and he like genuinely is in. He like knows who Dolly Lenz is, which who she's like sells like twenty million dollar apartments, you know. And so I only knew that because I was an assistant to a broker who did all. And so when uh, when well, we he first was started talking back then, or he something? just really is into the bougie life, and I yeah. I love that. I yeah. th not everybody is into that and being you know unapologetic about it, and he's. Like a gay Republican. That's amazing. Like, I love... Is he a just, Republican? He seems down the well, middle. Well, I don't know. I don't know anymore. I don't know. Um, I don't know. With that thing. Yeah, sorry. Because sometimes, <laughs> you know, he, he says said, things to no, push buttons. Like, he's. I think yeah. he said one of his Patreon levels was to raise money to get Ghislaine Maxwell out of jail. And I'm like, that's just something he would say that's really funny. I know the other one he said, yeah, I don't know. I mean, no, he says whatever he wants. I know. and I Yeah, and I like that. Yeah, I like that a lot, too. Yeah. I mean, and he can deal with the repercussions. If people want to get mad at what he says, okay, that's okay. You can get mad. How much power am I going to give the people that get mad? And, right. and, and I have to interrogate, are you, you know, what, what are my morals and values? What yeah. are, where does comedy come into my morals and values? It's individual for everybody. Right. And so, um, and where is it for you? Well, I was such a people pleaser that anytime I would say anything that would upset somebody, I would get really upset and defensive. Mm -hmm. I got mad defensive. Isn't that wild? Because like, uh, your spirit got all confused and was like, wait, I'm, I'm upset because you hate me, but now I'm also defensive. I'm defensive, but then I'm like. My true self right. <laughs> agrees with what I did. I know. I don't know what's going on. Right. It really forces you to reckon with yourself yeah. when someone like tries to cancel you or call you out or say uh, all, whatever. You could, there's a lot of stuff to consider. A lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. That pain maybe that they're throwing on you is coming from a real place. Right. But did you cause it? No, but you want to, it's a whole shit show. Yeah. So where do you, where do you land on it? Where have you landed? Uh, I land on, I really, if I say something that really gets to a person and they tell me, I can tell when they tell me to try and make me feel bad. Like there, there's some manipulation behind it. Like uh, I feel bad. So I want you to feel bad. I could tell, now I can tell when that happens. And, um, but I don't, I don't, I don't get defensive. I just go, I'm really sorry. I'm, I'm really sorry. Just say that. I'm not, I'm sorry you feel that way. Cause I used to say that. Right. And then it's like, oh, that's kind of a douchey thing to say. Uh, well, but what if you aren't sorry? Right. 
I don't want to apologize so it, if I'm not sorry. I see the douchey side of saying I'm sorry you feel that way, but also I see the. But if real, I didn't really intend that, I am sorry you feel that. I'm. Way. I don't like, take responsibility for triggering somebody. Right. So I because that wasn't my intention. Right? I wouldn't really be sorry, but I would really be sorry they feel that way. Exactly. So right. That, totally. Totally. And I. I don't <laughs> like. Uh, I have. And I've done enough with my life and I've immersed myself in situations and talking to people and conversations where I, I feel like I have a really good grasp on the human experience as much as I can from my own point of view. And so I, I know myself and I know where I'm coming from so I can just handle those conversations so much better. Oh my God, I would get so defensive and then I would dig myself into a hole. And then I would say something that I didn't understand was very offensive, mm-hmm. like a racially offensive or something. And I'm like, I didn't know that that was bad. I'm so sorry. And, and then and then I'm coming from this place of I just want everybody around me to be happy. That's not a, a good place to come from either. There's just so much you guys you dealt can learn. with that on the podcast. Yeah, you yeah. Had a big uh, scandal. A sc- yeah, well, I wouldn't that? really call it a scandal. Um, an episode you did on. Uh, on sleeping with black guys or something, there was something you yeah, were called Corinne out mentioned for. Something. You were called racist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, but then the, that was coming at a time where the woman who, who basically she isolated a clip of our podcast from 2014. Mm. She isolated a soundbite and she just included that. And she didn't, uh, and to me, I'm like, if you were actually concerned with, hey, Corinne and Christina, I feel like you're putting these ideas out that are very racially insensitive and you have no idea, or they're racist and you don't know. And here, so we've had those types of conversations with our listeners. Mm-hmm. In fact, we had one with those remarks. A listener emailed us and said she was very disappointed, and we talked about it and we because, addressed it. Because why? Because you identified them as black guys, or what? No, what was, I don't. The, uh, you don't want to go Corinne into it. said, "I forget which." If you don't want to go into it, you yeah, don't, I don't really want to go into it because I'm not. I don't want to like dig Google up it. this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah, uh, no, well, it's, but it's also I don't. I'm not trying to hide from it right. either. I just like I never know like when to keep scraping the wound. Right, I don't. I don't right, know. Right, right. But uh, but yeah, and so and then that woman who isolated that clip didn't care to hear from us didn't care what we had to say and right. we every i woke up i saw it happen on twitter live i was like 100 notifications and i was like wait i was backstage with corinne and i was like wait corinne this girl isolated a clip from five years ago holy shit and corinne's like It'll, it's fine and then the next day I man woke, is she a g she's she's yeah, a man yeah, she's great she is gangster she is like wow but then the next day we're like front page of buzzfeed front page oh, because really? it's, yeah That's yeah so it was good for you guys probably no. oh i hated it i wanted to kill my i wanted to kill myself Oh really? I've never wanted to kill myself so oh, hard because that because people pleaser thing got the like people the pleaser, skin got peeled off the people pleaser. And then you understand, oh, here's the dark side, one <laughs> wow. of the dark sides oh, of the yeah. web. Yeah. That's Karina when we got it. death threats and rape threats. Yeah. So okay, so we said something. Uh, someone up. on the podcast said something that was uh, not cool. You don't say that anymore. And we really we understand that. But back then we didn't know, and if we knew, we wouldn't have said that. Right. So it's a weird thing to grapple with. And then when you get called out for it from years ago and then, and then all you can see is like rape and death threats. You're mm-hmm. like, well, that's not called for. But because the place that I was in when that happened, I was so goddamn sensitive. It's so and weird. I wanted to kill myself so bad. Cause I was like, yeah. this is terrible. And I don't know how to get out of it. I don't know how to navigate it. Right. It's but, so weird for somebody to be morally outraged and then and make then a threaten rape your, threat. Yeah, threat. That's yeah. like how that, I, and that's when I had somebody tweet me a photo of my apartment building, ugh. and I was like, "Okay, wow, that's not 
that's not fair. That's yep. not right. That's not. But that's you know, wild. it's yeah, it's crazy. But I, you I, learn to I, deal I, with it. It makes you a stronger person because you're like, I was a sensitive, spineless fuck when I started. Guys, we fucked, and now I am not. But I'm also not heartless. I still have because mm-hmm. I'm I, I'm very compassionate and very empathetic, and I still may I've maintained those sides of myself. Thank God, I'm not like a hardened piece of shit. How how do you think that happened though? Like this, or what what goes on internally? What, like, because you still must have interrogate your own morals and values. Okay, and you go, am I going to let these people affect me? Is it smart to when am I con- like the 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 picture? The thing that really got me is people were uh, uh, telling me where I lived. They were like DMing me my address, yeah, and they were correct. Right. And I was like, okay, all right, okay, okay, all right, we gotta. You, and then you're like, I live alone. I live by myself. So I was like, this is not good. I got to figure this out. But I was also, I felt bad for myself. I was like, uh, and you just go through all the things. And then when you tr- get defensive and you say something even more insensitive and you didn't understand, you're like, oh my God. And you realize you're just coming from this defensive place. That's not a human place to be coming from. Mm-hmm. So being able to come out of that is, uh, just makes you a better fucking person. Yeah, hallelujah. Yeah. Do you read comments now or not? Yeah, I do. Oh, yeah. you do? And you yeah, because now, now, because um, first of two, I I know a lot of not a lot of comics are concerned about this, which is great. Honestly, I'm jealous. But uh, if I upset somebody, I I want to know, and mm. then I it's up to me to go. Do I want to change how I talk? Do I want to change what I say, or do I not? But I really like. I'm interested in feedback like right. that. Um, just to see, curious to see how you're perceived. So I love reading comments and now all the, we don't get a lot of negative ones, but if we do, they're just funny to me because now, like I said earlier, I know all this stuff about childhood trauma and it's like, oh, your wounds are showing. I know exactly what's happening. It's that I know the mechanisms at play. Yeah. And it's, Eckhart it's Tolle. human. You ever listen to Eckhart oh, yeah. Tolle? Oh yeah. 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 He's great. Power of now. Yes great author in the pain body the theory is like you know we we carry around these pain bodies so like my pain body could make your pain body react but like you've gotten to the place where somebody's pain body isn't making your pain body react anymore yeah i gotta read what book is that um i'm not sure i've heard it's a good theory yeah it's it's cool it's interesting because it separates the pain out from you kind of like in a metacognitive way where yeah you are not your pain you're observing it it's over here it's not you're not identifying with it yeah and yeah he talks about the fact that people sometimes you know their pain body takes them out like they kill themselves over their pain body yep seen that a bunch yeah it's sad when you think about it when how unnecessary that is yeah yeah that's why i like that people are talking about stuff yeah and i think that uh like the only thing that I think is negative or one of the, one of the things that I see is negative from a comic perspective or a person's perspective about like the, the cancel culture. Cause it's like, I mean, yeah, Cosby should get, he's a rapist. Like course, we not yeah. like that's not canceled. That, like that's, that's something else. That's something else. But I, I think that you just have to not be afraid to talk about stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's important to talk about race, gender equality, marriage, like LGBT equality. Like you got to, you got to talk about this stuff and exchange ideas and go and listen to each other and ask questions. So, you know, Mm -hmm. hopefully that won't, um, deter people from, from saying things. And then if you are called out, go, okay. All right. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's got to be a space in between because you're right. na- nowadays it's e- you're either a communist or a Nazi and, right. or a racist, <laughs> and it's like. And I'm really interested in this idea of re- like, what is good redemption? If you rape somebody, right? What is re- what? How? When will we forgive you? When right. should you be forgiven? I don't know. I don't know the answers to these questions, but I think like a topic. My like cause is sexual assault. I really mm-hmm. it's something we learned from guys who fucked that. So many people were raped or molested as a child. Mm-hmm. It's it's insane how many people how have experienced sexual assault or molestation as a kid. Right. And it's like one of the reasons why this is some secret is because no one talks about it. And it's like, can we talk about it? And yeah. when someone like Louis C.K. jerks off in front of a comics at a festival and it's... I want to talk about it. Right. Let's talk about it. Like, what what makes sense? Should he should uh, his specials get taken down? Is that is that right? I don't know. Let's talk about it. Like, right. I just wish we could just talk about stuff. I wish he would come on the podcast so we could. Talk I, wish I wanted to interview that. him so. I yeah, really wanted I would, to interview him because I'm too. like, why can't we have these? Com-? But I, a Open chick needs discussion. to interview him. I think a woman needs to interview him. A right. woman, a female comic needs to interview him, because then that's to me. There's some representation. That there's like. But that, the that's other an important side is discussion. What would yeah. you say to him? I don't know. I'd have to or really, what, what would have you to really think about it. Like, what, would, what would be one of your questions? Oh, God. Um, you know, where, where uh, the, the thing that, the thing that um, I still go, ah, oh, fuck you, dude, is that Dave, I think it was David Becky, his manager, was blacklisting those women that were talking about it and i'm like fuck you that's what i that's what i that's what i read in the in new york times piece that's the other thing you can never know if it's true or not right and you don't uh you you but you choose what you believe but you have to know that oh this is a belief um did he know like i you know i'd ask him stuff like that but i'd also be curious like that would be a good question yeah yeah that, and, that would be a good way to start the interview. Yeah. Well, I probably wouldn't start no, there. I know. But uh but I like I one of the things that I did <laughs> That's where we're gonna start. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so Louie, I heard <laughs> Christina were said you aware? Yeah, Christina. <laughs> Christina said you ever, we should you, ever, ask you, you know her? Christina Hutchinson? <laughs> Here's what she told me, bro. <laughs> but like I I uh I think Kurt and I are really good at get, having a way in with somebody and making them feel really comfortable, but like meaning it. Yeah. But you know, one of the things that I've started doing since we did guys, we fucked because I'm realizing so many people were raped because we get emails every day from somebody who was raped uh, is um, uh, I, I took a training course at Bellevue hospital to be a part of a, um, a victim advocate uh, or an advocate program where if somebody is uh, goes to the ER at Bellevue Hospital who has been sexually assaulted or experienced domestic violence, one of these advocates uh, volunteer their time to come in. They do 12-hour shifts, and they're basically like, hey, here are all your options. If you want me to talk to the cops, I will. If you want me to talk to the doctors, I will. If you want me to go fuck off, I will. These are, you know, if you get a DNA kit, you don't have to press charges. They keep your kit for 12. All of these things, like, so we, we were Amazing. Uh, part you're of, doing that. Well, the 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 uh, volunteer program I finished, and then quarantine, the Corona happened, oh. so that we never really got the opportunity. But yeah, we we, did, we went through yeah. the training, and we had um, people who were helped by having an advocate from the course uh, would come and talk about domestic violence and talk about things that, you know, why would you stay with someone who hits you? Mm-hmm. Valid question, but there's right. a reason for that that you you hear somebody actually tell their story, and you're like. Ugh sorry that i judged you yeah. so um well we've all stayed in abusive relationships yeah 
All know, every person it's, has. It's yeah, of lonely some, out there and yes. you're insecure <laughs> and shame And you don't even know that what and you're doing sometimes. Also, it's not just abuse. It's all sweet mean cycle that trauma bonds you. Uh-huh. Oh, and trauma bonding And love bombing and the so love fun. bombing and the sex. It's, it's I a, learned it's, about love bombing like a year ago. I'm like, yeah. damn. I wish they... Sex ed, public school sex ed is so terrible. They need an update. But the, Yeah, they need a bunch of updates. But yeah. one of them is like emotional manipulation in a relationship or yeah, a sexual that, relationship. You never hear that. That's the MPD stuff. Yeah. That's a great rabbit hole for you. Yeah. Narcissistic MPD. Just like put in MPD on YouTube. Okay. And and a world's going to open up. Nice. Ooh, yeah. I'm excited. And Lisa A. Romano is going to be one of the people that pop up because she's a big, big one. I have to. That, I want to go. Oh, yeah. In that world. That's awesome. You'll, you'll love that. Yeah. I'm going to go home and Google now. Yeah. So what's the future like? What oh, you, man. you got your movie, The Tower. Yeah, I'm filming that in the spring. Very excited. That's um, very exciting. Who's directing that? Uh, Ali Gianni is a. Uh, I met her doing a project at Business Insider, and we, I just met her and this uh, guy Ben, and they just had great attitudes, and they were they were very arty people. They're younger than me, so they had like a different perspective. And I was like, after the we did the show at Business Insider, I'm like, can we make something that we like we really want to make mm-hmm. together? And they're like, yeah. So she's directing that, and um, yeah, touring, touring, going on the road. And you haven't, you didn't say anything about Austin. What do you think? Do you think that's going to oh, be Austin. the new comedy explosion over Maybe? there? Maybe that would be cool. I love. I mean, Austin. Chappelle, Rogan. Is Chappelle Tim, moving to Austin? Tim Dillon. I mean, there. I think. I don't think he's moving there, but he's there with Joe Rogan. Yeah. And Joe Rogan's going to get a bunch of clubs. and That's awesome. That's really exciting to see. Uh, yeah. So maybe. I mean, oh, I fly back and forth to there. What's the guy who's like uh, Kill Tony? Tony? Oh, yeah. Tony. Tony yeah, uh, I love Tony. Brian life? Redman. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Tony Ferguson. Is that his name? No. Uh, 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 Tony uh, something. Oh, my God. Why am Tony I really Montana. He has a great car. Kill Tony. He's funny. Yeah. I'm blanking on his name. Don't know. You should be Googling, I do know bro. Him. I Google do know what, him. Tony? Kill Tony. Kill It'll Tony. come right up. The comic. That's your job, dude. Jeez. He's, I, over there. He's over there going, I don't know him. His phone's sitting right there. Kill Tony. I mean, we're doing a podcast are. over here. Come dude. on now. Kill Tony. You're going to say it and I'm going to go, ugh. Yeah. Tony. Ugh. All right. We're... The name doesn't come up right. Tony. Uh, Hitchcliff. Hinchcliff. I got it before. I for saw the record. it. And you said I, it. You take my it. brain <laughs> got subconscious. Okay. Just so you know, it's yes. one, two, three, four, five <laughs> listings right. before his name comes up. All right. Yeah. All right. He's a man of All right. I'm gonna edit well, that to make it seem seamless. So. <laughs> I don't know what else we've we, maybe we've covered it all. What do you think, Christina? Covered Hutchinson? a lot. Yeah. Hutchinson, Hutch. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. This was a really this awesome. Is, what episode. do you do? What are you uh, musician? I'm, I'm a musician <laughs> okay. and, a, and a painter. Oh, cool. And a podcast. Is this your painting? Yeah, I did oh, that. Oh, cool. I did that. And I, for wow. those of you yeah. watching, this beautiful and hoodie is Joe's art. I did, I wow. Have a clothing line. And that's it's a available silk. That's really nice. ShopJosephArthur.com. ShopJosephArthur.com. Ooh, that's a really good... Oh, wow. I just have an, a line of merch. That's beautiful. Yeah, this is Joe's I art. I really like the design. Thank you. I love ShopJosephArthur.com. ShopJosephArthur.com. This is an XL. <laughs> And Joe's playing City Winery April, For April 11th and April yeah. 20th. Yeah, yeah. Nice. 
I'll yeah. invite you to the show. I'd love to go. Yeah, okay. I just, I have merch. I have this mug concept that I came up with. It's a, the Fox News logo, and underneath uh-huh. it, it says "Kidnapped My Parents." Uh-huh. It says "Fox News Kidnapped My Parents" T-shirts and mugs. That's and then funny. I have merch. It says "Congrats on not killing yourself," and I really mean that from the bottom of my heart. Life is hard. Yeah, <laughs> I love. Yeah, that I, mug. I I I, re- I relate to that because <laughs> it is like, what do you like? Last question is like, what do you think's given you so much courage and strength because you've overcome so much and gone so far? Going to the deep, dark depths of my soul and be experiencing the pain for years that mm-hmm. that comes with. That's not. I wish they. I wish I was told because I'm impatient. But that's something I've learned lately. Uh, that it's going to get worse before it gets better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and experiencing it getting worse for like two years, mentally and emotionally, breaking up with my ex-boyfriend of seven years that I was codependent on, mm-hmm. not talking to my ex-best friend of 15 years, uh, putting not talking to my parents, and really just sitting with myself and going, oh, what do I think and how do I feel? That's really been the saving grace. That meditation, cannot recommend it enough. It'll only make your you. life a lot better. I meditated today. I love it. Yep. I do the chakra. Sometimes I do this guided chakra one where I go through all my chakras. Yep. I have uh, sound bowls. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. It's great. So it turns out we're hippies. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) hell yeah. I want to buy a house in Woodstock. (laughs) Or conclusion. But I want, yeah, I want a house in Woodstock or thereabouts. Right. Could be Catskill. I'm not pretentious. Love Catskill. But yeah. uh, um, but I also nice. want a brownstone in Brooklyn because mm. I like Tim Dillon. I want to live large. Yeah, and you should want to live large. Let's, let's I wanna, get there. I want a view. I live on the first floor. My apartment. Yeah. Is, my apartment's amazing. Uh, I've lived there for 10, 12 years. Uh, but I want. I'm like dreaming about like a twentieth floor. I couldn't mm. imagine. Forty seven. Forty seventh floor. Like what? I wouldn't <clears throat> leave my house. I'd be like, this is. Th- I mean. You don't even need art on your wall. Yeah, I mean, I, I have art on my wall, but uh, yeah. I want a brownstone, a like a green Lambo, a Tesla yeah. truck, Ooh. a family car, Ooh. five kids, wow, loving wife. Get what you want. <laughs> loving wife. Yeah, that's great. And I a private jet. What's wrong? Yeah, nothing. What's wrong? Nothing. I want to I wanna buy an apartment building and turn it into an immersive theater experience wow. where every floor is a different theme and they have an individual apartment so you can just freely go in and just have this immersive theater where a mixture of sound and light and art and wow. actors. Your idea is so much more psychedelic than mine. Yeah, and I haven't wow. done that many psychedelics, but I'm I like, know, I'm you don't have to <laughs> to really get the experience. I was going to paint the green Lambo, all kinds of weird shit yeah, like this. Yeah, yeah, so that's great. it was a little psychedelic. That's psychedelic? This is fucking yeah. psychedelic. <laughs> all right. Thank you for coming. What What's your socials? It's at Christina Hutch, but it's K-R-Y-S-T-Y-N-A. It's spelled that way. Hutch. Your parents oh, did that. A lot of whys. Yeah. yeah. And uh, look into NFTs. NFTs, yeah. I don't know if I'm gonna. I don't know if you've heard of them yet, but. I have it's the rough future. vaguely, but yeah. Man, it's you went future. an hour and 50 without saying NFTs. Congratulations. Well, I did it at the end. I snuck right, it yeah. in. I didn't want to bore you, Ahud. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Thank Ahud. You, Joe. Subscribe yeah. and like and uh, sign shop up to JosephArthur.com. Our Patreon and shopjosephArthur.com. You can also get this there. Ooh, nice. All right. Peace out, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, this is Joseph Arthur. Thanks for checking out Come to Where I'm From. 
Please support us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash come to where I'm from. We are an independent podcast and any contributions you can make are greatly appreciated.